0: Hello and welcome back to the Football Index podcast, episode 108. In the previous episode, I was joined by F.I. Sigmund Freud, and a lot of people seem to like it. It was a psychology special, so if you haven't checked that one out, please do. But today, I've got the pleasure of being joined by Paul Anthony uh, on Football Index since 2018.
1: Yeah, that's right. Hello, Fig. How are you? Very well. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, good. Thank you. Good. Uh, thanks for inviting me onto the show. I'm glad we finally found a time that then we could both do this.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's great to finally do it. And uh, just before we got online, you were telling me a very funny story about the only person you have ever met in real life from the Football Index community. I'd love if you could repeat it for the podcast.
1: Uh, yeah, I'd only been on Football Index uh, a couple of months, uh, and I, I was chatting to some people on Twitter. And uh, Alan Cooper, who's been on a couple of times, uh, he asked if anyone had any recommendations on where he could go to get away for a few days for guaranteed sunshine. I, I said, oh, have you tried Dubai? It's somewhere that I've been quite a bit. And uh, it just so happened that he was going to be there the same time as me. We met up and we had, uh, we had the first UAE Football Index Traders meet together. Just the two of us uh, sharing a breakfast. Uh, they had a good chat it, it was actually something that encouraged me to invest more time and money into the product
0: well there's alan cooper doing his bit for the uh, community omelets football index breakfast Dubai. <laughs> it's you know the yeah. makings of a great love story there um <laughs> <laughs> why don't you tell us a bit more about your football index journey i mean obviously being on since 2018. You're probably seen as a bit of a
1: veteran at this point. Yeah, it, it's strange to think that actually. and I'd still consider myself to be fairly new on football index, but early 2018, I'd heard a few adverts. It seems to be a very common thread through people who you have on the podcast. For me, I believe it, it was either Football Ramble or The Guardian Football Weekly, one of the podcasts I listened to. was running adverts I'm sure that was it I hadn't thought much about it it sounded like a really good idea but I didn't put much thought into it then I was on a stag do and one of the guys mentioned he was on it I think he's still one of the only people I've ever met in my circle of friends from home who has even heard of football index which shows how small it is still really and how much room it has to grow he talked me through it Uh, he showed me his portfolio he discussed with me a, a few techniques and a few tips and then I thought well I'll, I'll give it a go I enjoy trading I enjoy gambling I love football but it ticked a lot of boxes for me and um, I did what probably most people do and thought they knew how it all works went away and thought right I get I get to pick 11 players including a goalkeeper I believe I think that's what he said so I've, now I've got to pick these 11 players to make my team up and I clearly had absolutely no idea how it worked and then had to go back to him about a week later and say, All right, can you run me through that again? Um, from there, I made a few small deposits and then very slowly picked up the rules. Um, I think it took me several months to work out the difference between market sell and instant sell. Um, <laughs> Funnily enough, I literally
0: just made a video on the five mistakes I most commonly see beginners on football index make Mm. and that is one of them it's like people just don't get it and i think that's probably something that fi need to really own in on and i think the new website is going to do that to some extent but again you know making it more clear that
1: it's more of a last resort isn't it oh yes and the onboarding is clearly still an issue i think i'm a perfect example of someone who has not understood the rules didn't have any guidance. I was fortunate to have a couple of mates who were okay on there. I didn't spend too much time on there themselves, and I had really no idea what I was doing until I reached out to a few people in in the community. In fact, meeting up with Alan really that showed me how to trade. He talked me through different ideas, different rules, and gave me the confidence that someone someone like him had invested so much money and made so much money yeah gave me the confidence to trade a lot more
0: yeah it's uh good on alan you know going out to dubai just to the <laughs> yeah
1: the football index ways just to recruit some new people for football index he will do anything for football index <laughs> that guy <laughs>
0: Uh, um before we get into some miscellaneous questions and we had a a couple just want to remind you guys uh, alongside the video that i just released that you should definitely check out and if you don't think it's worth checking out yourself then send it to one of your friends that has just started on football index my other podcast just about football the state of play alongside the matt santangelo and martino puccio has restarted four episodes in and that's where we talk about the uh, top five leagues in europe and also a little bit of the mls so if you're just trying to become a bit more well-rounded, learn a bit more about the other leagues, give it a look uh, on all your favourite podcast hosts, whatever you're listening to, this pod on, type in State of Play and you'll find it. But miscellaneous questions, F.I. Lambings, what's the best tip you've got from an Italian newspaper? I feel like I need some context on this one.
1: Uh, yes, I think he's referring to my uh, profile picture on Twitter. It, it might not surprise people. I can't speak Italian. Um I have absolutely no idea what that newspaper said that I'm holding. Um, The photo itself, I was in Milan uh, with a friend and we decided to, we went to San Siro, managed to get some tickets. Before going to a game, we did the stadium tour, which I strongly recommend to everyone. The history in that place is incredible. And even though I thought I knew a fair bit about Italian football, you just don't appreciate it until you... But in there you see the photos, you see the awards, the trophies the, the amount that that stadium has seen is is incredible and I, I picked up a, a copy of the <laughs> of the newspaper and, and thought i 'd recreate a picture of that James Richardson would take. Um, <laughs> uh, when I was a kid. I was growing up with Football Italia on channel Four, and I think he 's still um, my favorite football media personality. I think his podcast's great that 's how that picture came about. <laughs>
0: They certainly do an excellent job, don't they, on the Turkey Football Show?
1: Oh, they do, yes. yeah. When I saw that question from Lambings, I thought oh, it's just a joke question. I'll, I'll just explain the picture and, and move on. But funnily enough, it it makes me think about part of Twitter that some people don't think about. And it's the notifications and following certain accounts and picking and choosing who, you've, who you have notifications from because I have actually had a tip from, from an Italian newspaper it, from the summer transfer window um, when it looked like Balotelli was going to be going back to Brazil, uh, back to Brazil, going to Brazil. <laughs> he might have been to Brazil. Um, there was a lot of discussion about that and it looked like it was going to be done. But then there's a couple of Twitter accounts that I trust. Um, that I've just learned to trust over time that said, well, it might not be happening. And there is talk of him. He might want to stay in Italy, and that that made a lot more sense to me. Um, so I I bought a few, and then over time, a couple of days went by, and it's sort all of built up a little bit more. And that's become a bit of a technique I I use now with with trading, especially with transfers, um, and transfer windows that players that it looks like they're they're going to be moving somewhere, but they don't. Um, almost the, the anti transfer. After money's left the player due to an assumed move not happening, especially to a non-PB league, done that with uh, Benega and Balotelli now. Um, it's, it's really something to look at. I mean you talked to Freund last week about the transfer window and your approach to it. Uh, something, to, something to think about for, for Twitter and the notifications anyway.
0: Yeah, I think the the transfer window, it's speed of getting onto things, but also relying on people that you know are trustworthy. And I think a lot of people got caught out last summer. A lot of people tweeted stuff like, oh, Demarzy is a fraud, he's got loads of things wrong. Mm-hmm. The guy isn't going to make things up. He's only going to tweet stuff that he's been told by, probably trusted sources that he, he's been told by before. And what, sometimes a source that was good three years ago might not be as good now and we see that with sky for example right Mm. sky used to be kind of on the pulse six seven years ago if you rewind to the pandemonium that would be transfer deadline day if they'd have like all the news it'd be really centralized and i think that maybe this is just because twitter's become news to some extent now they're just somewhere in the corner but six years ago they were at the forefront of that stuff so that can happen with journalists as well. Someone who's really credible now might not have been credible three years ago and they might not be credible in three years' time.
1: Yes. Well, I think they would have to work extremely hard to keep on top of their sources or generate new sources. And for, for Sky, because social media is so instant now, the yeah. news is available within a second. They're trying to stay relevant and people don't really. Sky Sports
0: News is on like 24 hours a day. How often do you think people actually watch it for more than
1: like 10 minutes? Um, I've definitely been drunk on two occasions and watched about six hours on repeat. Um, (laughs) Maybe maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm the viewer and that's why they think there's demand for the same articles going around uh, 24 hours.
0: Uh, we'll move on here. Uh, we've got FI Big Don. Question for Paul. What is the objective of the Kings of the Index Twitter account? Now, I must profess here, Paul, I've only seen this account a couple of times and I didn't know that it was uh, run by you. So I'd, I'd love a bit more context behind this one and then, you know, what you... Um. View- um Why you set the account up, etc., etc.
1: Yes, well, I'm glad I've got the chance to talk about Kings of the Index. It's not my account; I didn't set it up. The the background to Kings of the Index, probably about nine months ago, I was chatting to a a trader who I got to know through through Twitter, and we shared quite a few the same views on how to trade. And he said, "I'm the person behind Kings of Tipping account," and I knew. I still don't know much about it, the tipping accounts that are out there for regular betting. But he said, "Look, if you're interested, I'd love to have you come on board and join the team we've got." And there was, I think, three people at the time. I was really excited to join, actually, because the, the two of the names on there I won't say who they are in case they, they don't want to be talked about, but they were on there at the time, uh, showing their, their handles. And really, going back to Don's question. What's the objectives of it? The Kings of Tipping account, which is just putting out tips on regular sports betting, has—I don't actually know—I'd have to check—but how many other thousands of, of followers? The Kings of the Index is used to encourage people to move across from those conventional uh, bets to football index, and what we find is we have a lot, uh, probably nothing compared to the amount you have, but a lot of. New users, where we might be their their first point of contact. So in the in our DMs, we'll have messages that are all fairly similar. You know, the sort you could probably copy and paste the same answer to to say, how should we get started? How do you do this? The, the same sort of questions I had, and I'm sure everyone has when yeah. they joined. Um, how what's the difference in market sell and instant sell? That's the classic one. And it's people that want some guidance on on how to trade, basically. We, you, I mean, you'd be delighted to hear that <laughs> my usual answer is, well, make sure you understand the game rules and go over to Football Index Guide, watch the videos. <laughs> and of course, don't don't gavel more than you, you can afford to lose. Um, when we recommend players, we always take the time to give our full research. We explain why. And I'd like to think that anyone could go back through our tweets and see the quality of players we've discussed from an fi perspective that it's not just uh, any names put out there
0: nice nice and like i always think about this um kind of tipping players thing because there is obviously like a big demand for it like um a lot of people will ask me after they ask those questions that i think you just mentioned Mm. so you know, have you got any tips for people to buy? And I'm just kind of think, I just kind of say, okay, well, that's not really kind of my house. Uh, uh, You know, that's not really what I do. Um, So, and there are plenty of people who do, some successfully, not some not so successfully. Um, I do always talk about how we're in this period on Football Index from a Twitter community specifically, and I think from a community in general, where the depth of the insight offered across the board if you kind of took like a mean or average the bar isn't actually that high right yes. and that's not a, a kind of a slam on any content creator you know i'm not even slagging myself off hmm. i'm just talking about kind of like how we talk about fi how we talk about players it's not really in depth and like i think you'll find you'll kind of get what i'm talking about if you look at kind of the fpl community i think i made this comparison before Mm. there are people who are you know spending hours and hours and hours on creating one twitter thread and it might be about a specific player position and how well they score in that position compared to another i think there's just and that will happen with fi when there's more users and there's people who are like oh hey like i've been doing this for Football in general, or this is how I think about the game. Let me just like create something football-indexy about it, Mm. and I think that's going to be like a really exciting and interesting point of FI. But I I certainly think that the tipping thing won't go away. I do suppose those who aren't successful and who are clearly like misusing their accounts are probably not going to go away, but become less have less sway in the market,
1: so to speak. Yes. Well, this is the thing that I find confusing about it. There's been some in the last. Or a few months, fairly high profile in the FI community, at least. It, there's people who have got over a thousand followers and seem to blow it all on some pump and dumps. And the trust just won't be there. Um, people will maybe get burnt more than once, but twice, three times, they're going to start questioning it. And a reputation is everything on, on social media. I think it's strange when people act in that way, that it does become a pump and dump and it becomes very apparent. I know you've called people out before on it. Um,
0: <laughs> when they're selling the players that they're pumping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Always good fun
1: to see that. Um, but that, That's it, people will be caught out. And if, if you act like that and do that sort of um, tipping and that is basically pumping and dumping, you'll be caught out. And I think what you've said there is absolutely spot on there's there's a lot more content it's a it's a young platform still um there's more and more people will be coming on and creating content and hopefully the cream rises to the top and people will learn what they can trust and use that information going forward
0: certainly certainly so i think you've spoken quite well on that actually but before we get into some actual questions even though we've probably talked quite uh Seriously, on on those two miscellaneous ones, they've, they've bred quite good conversation. If you guys are listening right now and you're on iTunes, especially, please do leave me a review. And uh, if you guys haven't left Football Index at a review, either on the App Store, on Trustpilot or on Google, I would really advise you to do that as well. Like, It helps them out a lot and yeah subscribe to my youtube channel for example as well uh, let's get that football index name out there but got question here from a mate of your stanford uh, the lion on a scale of 1 to unbelievable jeff how pleased were you to keep topping up ferland mendy amid the recent run
1: of flying fullbacks <laughs> yeah i think he's using Mendy there, as the name to cover all these flying fullbacks. I know he discusses it quite a lot. I, I've talked to him a couple of times. Fair play to him. He he called it. He did. Yep. Yeah. And credit where it's due. Um, it was, with hindsight, very obvious <laughs> looking at the <laughs> looking at the matrix now that this was going to happen. Um, I, obviously, Alexander Arnold is the is the standout name this week. Um, or maybe this month. You look at the matrix, you look at the changes that happened and key pass, assist, accurate cross, big chance created. You don't even need goals to be scored um, for a lot of these points to add up. Um, you look at some of these players and they're not even keeping clean sheets, which is another 25 points. It's something that's being discussed a lot at the moment. Personally, yes. Um, I am happy that my holds have risen, obviously. Um, I'm not quite an unbelievable Jeff yet. Um, I think there's <laughs> a huge amount of growth to come. Some of the stats being put out there by people much cleverer than myself uh, are making for excellent and very positive reading. There's one from F.I. Marnie for nothing. He said since the start of October, a foot is only up 3%. And... With the 57% increase in dividends, it's quite apparent to me it's only going to go one way with flying fullbacks. Yeah, there was a a few that um, I think Stanford and myself were sat on. um, We're probably a little bit more in the confused area of why aren't these players rising, but it will happen. Um, Hopefully we go from, there's been a sending off at Fretton Park. Has there, Jeff? (laughs) to unbelievable Jeff in the next few months and it will this will happen players that are good holds um, when you bought them they will stay as good holds and I think we'll see it um, as the season develops we'll see the real good genuine consistent performers um, really continue to rise
0: well, yeah, unbelievable, Jeff. And that leads us on to Trent Alexander Arnold, who you mentioned earlier. Um he Stanford says says, Is Trent Alexander Arnold revealing value in other flying fullbacks by exposing weaknesses in the P B matrix, or are other rises merely a run on comparative value? And then F.I. Gardner says, Do you think wing backs have been over inflated by the rise in Trent Alexander Arnold?
1: <sighs> it's a difficult one to answer, isn't it? Um I think there are quite a few fullbacks or wingbacks that really are um, going to uh, profit well from these changes. But just to say that, well, he does the same sort of job as as Trent, then he's going to get a rise as well. I mean, it's, it's, of course, it's nonsense to say that Player X should be more because he's also a wingback. Uh, but those, those who contribute in a PB-friendly way, yes, there's probably still the growth there. Again, I think over time... We'll see the consistent ones that are constantly putting in scores of you know, 200 plus. They're only going to go one way and people will grow impatient holding the players that aren't producing the same goods.
0: Um, I think it's, it's really interesting though, isn't it? Like the, I've written about it a few times in the newsletter how we keep comparing position by position when there are some fullbacks now that are more expensive than forwards, some forwards mm. and some midfielders who are gonna return away more. You know, I'm not gonna name names, but we can probably all at the top of our heads think about who, you know, I'm alluding to, who people have been alluding to over the time. But it just because someone plays fullback doesn't mean that they're going to win a lot of P V. <laughs> uh, no. I think Trent Alexander is such a a unique case, you know, takes up pieces uh, I think there was a thread by, was it Nick on Twitter? He's talking about how he averages like 70 passes per game or something like that. It's like, it's pretty absurd. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think, I think I saw that one retweeted. I, I did have a look through that thread. It's, I said this to someone else, it's almost as if they've designed it for him. Uh, yeah. And I, I know you don't, you don't like talking about specific players on, on this podcast. And um, I think that's fantastic. You don't whenever there's a whenever there's been a change to the matrix there's always going to be someone that's or a group of players that benefits from it which i think when people say well we need to change it um, these these people are benefiting too much there will always be a player or a group of players that do benefit more but uh, as you alluded to there he's he's taking set pieces he's he's playing for a team that, that that's how they want to play they want the, to get the ball out to him they're happy just putting cross after cross and um, if you play a team like Arsenal they'll let you do it for some really strange reason um, and just continue to do it um, they'll continue to get these seemingly ridiculous scores because that's his game that's what Liverpool want to do and recently they've been chasing games so it's even being invited on by the, by the other team. So, yeah, I think I, yeah, so I mean, to, to go back to the original question, I think it's, it can be a lazy comparison to say, well, mm. he's absolutely flying at the moment. Um, he plays in this position, so, so all these players should benefit as well. But yeah, if they don't start returning, they're just not going to keep up, they're not going to continue to grow and they'll drop.
0: What do you make of his question about the exposing weaknesses in the PB matrix? Do you think there's, I, IE- tend to be optimistic in saying that this matrix is better than the one we had previously there is more depth to it certainly so but are there still
1: weaknesses to it i think there are and boys i think there always will be i don't think they're ever going to find a perfect matrix because there's people want different things so i'm sure even just you and i we'd have a discussion now and would not decide on what we want as the matrix as far as a the, the weakness goes, the cumulative scoring. I think you've, you've talked about that before. Um, that's possibly a weak point that the build up to a goal can give someone a massive amount of points, but then why shouldn't it? It's a goal. That's what football's about. You, <laughs> you score a goal. Um, we, t- we talk a lot about wanting to make football in that's instinctive. And, if you're watching a game with your mate on telly and you say, oh, they've just scored and whoever's got the assist is is now going to end up with this many points. If, well, he should, because he got the assist. Um, there was a big chance created. There was a key pass. Um, and I think that's what we want, isn't it? We want it to be instinctive. And I think I want to be able to sell the product to my mates that play. Um, fantasy football and all, all those FPL, millions of FPL fans out there that that want to be able to understand this system. Um, I don't know, Fig, what do you think? Would you What changes would you make if, if you had now a pad and pencil and you were going through it? What would you do?
0: <laughs> I probably wouldn't start with a pad and pencil. Yeah, well, I... I... <laughs> start with some sort of spreadsheet. Um, no, I'm joking. Uh, I think that passing is probably still overpowered although i guess the rebuttal there is that possession is so important in football Mm -hmm. i would like things like passes in the final third or opposition half to be rewarded more than just passes at the back or passes sideways um we were talking about arsenal before we came on the air i think that they pass it around the back and Mm. sideways and basically do nothing with the ball for ages it doesn't mean that they are playing better football or the players are playing better football i mean barcelona as well under valverde have been the same possession for possession sake but Mm. i think i'm kind of going on a tangent here i think that there are passes and i think they've done a good first step with changing long passes to short and short passes yes there is that kind of you know a pass in the opposition third is more valuable than a pass from full back to centre back, in my opinion. And that there might be someone with more statistical backing that can explain why, you know, progressions into the opposition Third are far more valuable than you know a pass from fullback to centre back. The other thing yeah. I think and I can't get away from is the crossing, right? I mean, there have been some funny, funny tweets about it. It's kind of like, oh, yeah, mate, when someone asks you, uh, it, I don't know who did it, it was kind of like, a oh, why has Trent Alexander gone up so much? And it's like, oh, because he crosses so much, and it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, but why has he gone up so much? And it's like, <laughs> yeah. because he crosses so much, and again, I think maybe it was panda when he came on the podcast he talked about how crosses are still really valuable but actually if you watch a video that's made by tifo football they talk about how set pieces from corners crosses from corners rather are less and less and less effective as football has gone on yeah so i don't know there's probably arguments two and four two and four sorry but i think that Overall, I think what we need to admit is that there's still things that need to be tweaked. And as long as, you know, the Neymars and the Messies are the guys that are probably returning the most PB over a season, we can kind of look at it and say, "Mm, that's all right. Even Trent Alexander Arnold, he's probably the best right back in the world at the moment. Mm. And it's reflected. We can be like, "Mm, okay, that's fine. But there are, I think, certain bits that might still need tightening.
1: Yes. I actually. I wasn't expecting you to come up with something I agreed with. (laughs) So that's uh, that's thrown me a bit. But the passing, I think that that could be changed. And that's subtle change that I think they might be on their way to making. I suspect that each at the end of each season, we'll be looking at a small change um, like we had just now. It's okay. There were some, there were some big changes and crossing has obviously benefited a lot, but you look at a pass It's is one point for a pass but for a key pass is six so if they're going to slowly bridge that gap where it's if you've got your centre back passing to each other then that's a point per pass but yeah you then got a pass which is um, I don't know yeah more, more progressive um, you then got two points for that then you're moving on to now the creation of, of a goal where you're looking at secondary key passes um, key pass Big chance created, things like that. So, uh, as long as that data is available and easy to collect, then I think that is that is something that could be changed.
0: Let me ask you this question again. This is slightly flipping the table, not on you, but in terms of the matrix in itself. Would you be for or against football index having separate matrices for forwards, midfielders, and defenders, like they do in fo- uh, fancy football?
1: Yeah, I'm not sure. I think that would become too complicated. And I don't think we should have anything added that would make it more complicated. There are some separate point scoring anyway.
0: But FPL has like 8 million users. They all, I suppose, know that there is point scoring differences for forwards, midfielders and defenders. I don't really see why it can be any different.
1: Yeah, and what would the result be you're looking for, for for doing this? Well, I mean, like, for example,
0: defenders, I think, should be first and foremost rewarded for defending, mm-hmm. but also they're less likely to score goals. So should they actually earn more goal uh, points for, for a goal? And then, you know, I don't know. There's just things that I think we've seen in other um, games or, for example, fantasy football where... That has actually made it um, hmm. probably a bit more robust. I don't know how exactly it would work for FI, but I just feel that you know it could be something to look at.
1: Okay, no, it's, it's a fair point. Um, what if they just copied it completely and just said we're going to use FPLs?
0: <laughs> I think there'd probably be a few complaints about that.
1: Well, okay, but yeah, a slow, a slow transition to that uh, or something very similar. I think we've discussed before about who do they want to attract. And I, for me, I think those FPL users are the perfect audience. Um, I, was it you I was talking to about this? I'm not sure. I think quantity over quality as far as quality being a, a bigger account with, with more financial backing. But I think if they can get into those millions of users, even if they've all got a small amount of money in, I think that's something to really go towards.
0: Yeah, I think we were having discussion actually. It's kind of the um, there's definitely a balance. I think at this point though, in the kind of phase that Fi are in, it's about capital growth in terms of how big can they make the market cap. And again, users are great, but for Fi at the moment, I think a hundred thousand pound account is very important to them, Mm -hmm. right? I think when the kind of base layer. Of deposits increases to some point, they'll probably find it more valuable in chasing uh, quantity rather than quality. I do still think we're at the quality phase at the moment. And the only reason I say that, right, if this market cap is 80 million at the moment, mm. someone comes in with 800,000 and as Rare as that might be to happen, it could happen. Yes, that's one percent of the market cap, and you just said that stat right. We've gone up three percent since what was it? Since Uh, October? First October, yeah. Since first of October, that's over a month, Mm. right? So if you attracted one user, that's a third of that, which is obscene really but again like it's i think that's they've kind of indicated that as well paul with the way that they changed the dividend structure right now the kind of wording and the sentiment in the closing letter where they talked about the kind of long-term usp being their thing this is what football index is about
1: yes i think it's been a little bit more muddled i think they might have gone back and forth a little bit on on the direction they want to go in because of IPDs being added, although I really, I really like them. I know they're not your favourite part of the football index, but the messages you get, it does seem to now, especially, be aimed towards the larger profile or someone with a potential larger profile uh, portfolio. Sorry, Um, the way they're advertising, where they're advertising, um, bringing in some extra things for people with large portfolios. I think they could still go after both both types of users, um, as long as they get the marketing
0: right. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. I think that getting both types is the ideal, but let, let's see what happens. I'll move on to the next question here from Jam Dex. With the PB trend cycle in full swing, do you see money coming back in the youngsters anytime soon? What do you believe will be the next trend or cycle after PB, or will performance buzz remain?
1: Yes, I think as far as trends go, there's a few obvious ones coming up. There's going to be people looking at the transfer window. Uh, there's already people moving money into holds for, for euros. Um, as far as the, the youth's concerned, the, the youth booms seem to happen when dividend appeal dries up. Uh, people are looking for the next Neymar because the current one isn't value, right, at its current price. Um, the last time that Neymar was around 25 pounds, and the max payout per future was 23p, I believe. There's a couple of tweets with this information on. Now he's just over eight pounds, and the max payout's 18p. So I think we've got a long way to go until those PB players aren't looking valuable anymore, or don't oh, sorry, aren't showing value anymore. Uh, What that means for youth, I I suspect that there's not going to be as much appeal for people looking for the next Neymar when the the current one is is as valuable. And I'm just using Neymar as the uh, golden boy who sits at the top.
0: Do you think the annual dividend review is maybe going to hinder any boom we could see from youngsters i mean we kind of saved this youngster cycle i think what we actually might see uh, to take the phrase that you use quality over quantity before we had like every single youngster flying up i think we'll probably see now that players that can actually play and score and win pb who are young will fly a lot more like i mean we've seen rodrigo today for uh, hmm. real madrid we're recording on the wednesday who's gone up let me just check here in 24 hours he's gone from 293 to 362 so that's 70p right hmm. that's obscene that's an obscene obscene rise yes and pff, you know what i mean like i think that's what we're gonna see we're gonna see less youngsters rise but those that do really well rise a lot i hope so that would be great if, it would make more sense as well.
1: It would make more sense. It would be more predictable. And I say quite often a predictable marketplace. It's safe, it's nice, and it's easier to make money, I think, for, well, for someone like me anyway. And if it is only the genuinely talented youngsters that are rising, then fantastic. Again, I think it's going to be fairly limited because there are, there is still so much value in those PB players. And I'm not sure there's actually many youngsters left (laughs) left out there that that haven't been IPO'd yet.
0: I think that's the other thing, right? The IPOs. And I guess the thing about this uh, PB cycle we call it, it's not really a cycle. It's just players returning dividends and showing that they're valuable. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't call this a cycle. It's certainly and i know there's kind of obvious ones that we you know you alluded to the transfer window the euros in the summer mm. but that dividend review being a yearly thing now means that people are going to be more comfortable holding these pb players and i do that in air quotes because i guess there are very few players that are just pb players yes over a long long period of time which i think is going to create a very interesting dynamic
1: yes yeah i think the the wording like you said the wording from Adam Cole was was massive. That is going to give a lot of confidence. It gave me a lot of confidence to move away from some of the types of players I was holding to the PB players. Um, and again, that's how it should be. This is football index that would be a Ponzi scheme if it wasn't for dividends. But because they've created a dividend system, a very clever dividend system, then those players should be more expensive. And that's what's happening. Um, The the long term performance bonus is something that I'm very excited by, um, just because it's probably because it's an unknown at the moment, but that will also benefit those players. Mm.
0: And I think Danilo has a question here. After an eventful few months, where do you see the next major boost for FI coming from? Um, I think it's just in in the value that there is in the players currently.
1: Yes, again going back to that the fact that we're only up three percent. Yeah. since 1st of October, following a 57% increase in dividends. So the next major boost, I think we're still in it. We're just in the start of this boost. Um, it takes a, a
0: longer time to fuel a bigger rocket, doesn't it?
1: That's right. Yep, yeah, very good. It does. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, eight small rockets makes one one massive rocket so i think we can, yeah we need to get all the fuel up and there's not much fuel going around in the build up to christmas no i'm intrigued to see what happens um
0: i, just... I think a lot of people are lacking fuel yes. close to christmas companies and people involved i mean included you see companies always drying their kind of keeping their powder dry when it comes to marketing for example up to christmas because everything's mm. just mariah carey singing on a bed isn't it so um <laughs> it
1: is and <laughs> I think we could well see another large marketing drive as well.
0: Um, come, I think come January. January 2020. Yeah, yeah.
1: Jan- yeah, yeah. January is going to be the one I think. Um, which means if the market stays fairly flat until then, which I, I would doubt, um, that there's going to be some bargains coming. Mm, December 31st, you get up, get the Boxing Day sales in think <laughs> I actually took from that question from Danilo the next major boost. I, I think the next real benefiting boost is is going to be slightly more subtle But i think we're going to see continued improved tech from fi we haven't really seen any massive boost since they talked about the, the partnership with nasdaq you talked about having larger accounts coming on board and they've been possibly put off in the past by poor tech or people saying on social media there's been late payouts again all this has happened i think In about six months, we might look back and say, oh, hang on, there's been no problems for the last four or five months. There's been no issues. (laughs) And that is going to be something that really benefits us.
0: Potentially. And I think that could certainly be something that encourages um, some of those bigger users, maybe. Mm. F.I. Elliot has a question here. How many players do you see above £7 come the Euros and do you expect the gap between Neymar and second most expensive player to close or increase over the length of the season?
1: Yes, this one took a little bit of thinking.
0: Um, th- so currently we've only got one player over £7.
1: Yes. And the current top 10, the only players who won't be at the Euros, well, it should be, um, not the Euros, Messi, would Messi. be Neymar and Messi. Yeah. Um, the rest of them should be. There's one name in there that I suspect might drop a little bit. I'm not going to mention any names. Um, considering the new dividends, I think if 10th at the moment is £4.70, I think um, that would be a 48% increase on the 12th of June. I could see that. So I don't see why the whole top 10 couldn't be above £7. Um, I think the there's there's... Quite a few sat around £3, £3.10 um, that could go up considerably. I think £7 is going to be a, a bit of a stretch. But those players below or in between the £3.10 and the top 10, it's a, it's a funny band. Um, I think it's quite an awkward uh, price bracket, that, that one, which could go either way for those players.
0: Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. Some quick math there from you, unless you did it pre-pod. But, yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I did see
1: that one before. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, Metropolis here from The Forum, who you ask questions quite regularly. Thank mm-hmm. you, mate. Hi Fig, what does he think the long-term performance bonus may be or would, would, uh, would like to be? The one Adam Cole mentioned at the end of the dividend announcement. So this is the kind of uh, long-term PB thing that we were kind of talking about.
1: Yeah. Uh, you, you you think it's it's going to be something like Team of the Week, Team of the Month, don't you? Uh, <laughs> I
0: think so. Uh, I mean, could it be uh, anything else? Or or maybe a, a culmination of, like, PB scoring points? I don't know.
1: That's what I suspect and what I would like. Um, whatever it is, it has to be easy data, doesn't it? It has to be something that mm. they can put together fairly easily, which would mean... Without having to go back to a data provider and ask for more, which could be expensive. I think adding together PB scores for the week or the month, I think that's the way I would go and the way I would like it. Um, I, I wanted tiered PB. I can understand why they'd be hesitant to bring it in at the moment. But what I think could happen is those times where you're frustrated that one of your holds is regularly coming second or third with decent scores. If they're then producing, say, five performances um of two hundred, you get to the end of the month, they've ended up with a thousand P B points for the month, they then get this extra dividend. I think that would probably satisfy um that that need for you know, again, people like myself that are getting frustrated that there's no tiered P B so the, the guys that are coming close, second, third, fourth, get still putting out good scores but not returning much, that would still make them good holds.
0: I think we've had this conversation actually before as well. I'm not sure if FI are there from kind of like a, a cash flow perspective where they can kind of, it's easier for them to be more generous with dividends in the kind of setup that it currently is in just because there's more variation and there's less kind of projections of Neymar winning every single week. Yeah, but yeah, I think it could be like a team of the month thing or team of the week, or alternatively something that they didn't wouldn't need any more kind of yeah data, as you put it, mm. would be something like just uh, totting up scores uh, on a monthly basis. Or otherwise, I don't really know how that would work. Could be quite complicated, but um, hey, I guess I guess we're gonna see soon, right?
1: Yeah, I hope so. Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure. If, was there? A, there was no date. Put on uh, any announcement for it? Not really. No. No, we will see. What's
0: this space. Certainly. Well, I'm going to plug Index Gain very quickly here. Don't know if you use it here, Paul. Oh, I do. Yes. Yeah.
1: I think it's. It's often said you have to do your own research. Um, it's very difficult to do research if you don't have the tools to do it. Um, it's. It's a very important piece of getting as much information as you can
0: yeah yeah i think it's just such a, a great tool and uh, i've mentioned on the previous two episodes that they've just partnered up with opta and um, the omd screener is their first report allows you to search filter rank and sort players based on your choice of criteria using a blend of fi and opta stats it almost feels like they're describing some sort of silk there or some sort of cotton <laughs> a blend yeah yeah, every matchday dividend league for every matchday dividend tournament, and also including the Euro qualifiers, which is uh, pretty awesome. And if you guys want to check out Index Gain, head over to indexgain.co.uk. Uh, use the code FIG twenty twenty for fifty percent off your first month. And we'll uh, get into next couple of questions here. Mm-hmm. Actually, the last couple of questions here. Uh, Moz, are ah, what has been your favourite feature that FI have
1: implemented, and why? My favourite feature recently was when they changed the app so that your music doesn't stop when you open it oh my god that was so annoying oh, <laughs> it was infuriating and for someone who checks the app as often as i do um whilst listening to podcasts yeah oh god but no seriously i i wasn't on football index when pb came in so my answer from its inception would be that's the game changer for them it was that has to be the favourite feature of everyone's because that is what makes Football Index what it is. But for me, I touched on it before, I think in-play dividends was a really, really good addition. It gave value to areas of the market that there just was no value before. Um, goalkeepers, cheaper players, older players, um, almost creating a new market and attracting those people that want the more instant hit of a win. Um
0: yeah, I think when, when PB was was introduced, to go back to your point a little bit, it was just such a game changer. You just realized, I mean, there were people on here that really loved Fi and, and rightfully so. But when PB came on, it was kind of like, how did we actually sit there for a year and however long <laughs> with just media? It, it just opened everyone's eyes, yeah. which was great. I think that's
1: that's got to be one. How, how did it happen back then, Fig? You, you talked me through, was it similar now? Was there a, an announcement They and they said, we'll be introducing something new. Here's 50 rocket emojis. <laughs> how, how did they do things back then? Well, did you have more input as users then? Was there a bit more? It
0: was quite similar. I think it was an obvious move. I mean, we say that in hindsight, but what I mean by that is, I think for them, it was very cheap to get kind of like an alpha product out there, Mm. which was media based, Mm. and then see if it kind of, if people enjoyed it, and there was like a sticky audience. And then after that, it was kind of like, oh, wow, we've got like, however many tens of thousands of users on this thing. If we actually do a deal with Opta, and we've got enough money, this could be a game changer. And when it first came out, it was kind of like, ah crap, you know, we... We, we kind of predicted this would happen at some point but now that it's here it, it was just kind of like all guns blazing mm. you know, like everyone went completely
1: crazy that first couple of weeks it, it was just all pandemonium. over
0: the place was it? pandemonium it was kind of like I don't know if, I don't even remember it was madness like mm. you had players like uh, I think there were players like Insigne though that were kind of still up there in terms of being regarded as PB beasts you know the Debalos, the Messis the Neymars of course yeah So I guess whatever Matrix FI have had, it's kind of still had some of those players that no matter how you tweak it, they seem to consistently still be up there, which is quite interesting. But it was a nutty time for the index. Yeah,
1: that must have been fun.
0: We've got another question here from Alums Out before I ask you a few questions of my own. With all the excitement around the new dividend structure and PB players flying, do you think this might reduce the usual levels of trading in transfer speculation players for January?
1: Right. Um, can you say that question again?
0: <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, with all the excitement around the new dividend structure and PB players flying, do you think this might reduce the usual levels of trading in transfer speculation players for January?
1: Okay. Yeah, so I, I, I think it's very interesting because this this change has come quite close, or relatively close, to the transfer window, and it's not something that's been done um, out of season or even a much of a, a quiet time at all. Um, I I think there could be a level off um, on players bought for PB, but the genuinely consistent ones will continue to rise. Again, I think people' patience will only stretch so far with with ones that aren't either returning dividends or returning the large scores. Um, I think there'll always be buzz for transfer speculation regardless. It doesn't matter what's going on. People are going to chase headlines. And some people will have the news a bit earlier than others. Some people will take the risk and jump on and off a bit earlier than others. So, I, I think there will still be a lot of people looking for that uh, the, the transfer speculation.
0: Let me ask a very loaded question. Now that PB is so important, what if a player goes from a situation where he might not be good for PB to a situation where he could be very good for PB? It all
1: gets linked to a team. Yeah, that's a very loaded question, isn't it? Um, (laughs) Yeah, of course, this is where transfers are going to become even more important because what happens to that player, that club, is it now good enough that a player is going to move to Manchester United? Will that automatically make him a really good buy or really good hold? Um, what if if his PB suffers? Now it's become a much bigger issue because because of the large increase in PB. Um, I was discussing with someone I can't remember who it was about Fabian Ruiz. If he moves to uh, Real or Liverpool, that on paper, looks like an amazing move for him. So that must be great for him on Football Index. But is he going to be the, the same player he is? Is he going to have the same control of the game? It's something that I, I'll i struggle to call. And I'll probably, probably be able to predict this price would go up with the links. But then within a few months, if he's not, scoring the same on the matrix what's going to happen to his price then it's probably only going one way
0: and then it's also a consideration of how long you're looking on horizon wise you know if fabian ruiz moved to one of those clubs he might not be good for pb immediately he might not start immediately Mm -hmm. but he could be a very good pb player in six
1: months are you willing to wait that long someone might yeah and the, the guys that the excellent traders and that's through experience and knowledge of the game people are a lot cleverer than I am, would sell at the right point um, when the transfer goes through, um, take the rise from the transfer speculation, and then get back on once he's settled in a little bit. Uh, I've seen it happen with a couple of players, and people have said that's exactly what they did. And you can only applaud it. Obviously, it's a gamble. Everything is in the football index. But that's the way to do it, right? That's why people are successful traders. Do you
0: think maybe people will learn from the kind of bits and bobs that they were caught out by from the previous summer where there were players that went from situations where they were very good for pb and then went to situations again probably opposite to what we were just talking about where they were not as good for pb maybe they're not on set pieces on penalties whatever it might be yeah and no, i
1: i'm not sure i'm not sure um we will learn and i'm saying we as the community because i think in trading whether it be football index or whatever you're trading i think People will always make the same mistakes over and over again, and fall for the same, fall for the same things. I think we've got fairly short memories as traders, and if something looks good, and wow, the, the, the fantastic way that Freund spoke last week about the different psychological traps we fall into, I think we would just do it over and over again. Okay, maybe some people would have learnt. Um, I still think we'll see the same things happening. Wow. Do You. Do you? Uh,
0: I don't know. It's, it's hard to say, isn't it? I think it's going to be really interesting when we get to January. Are people going to hold Clash back? Are they going to, um, are people going to start accumulating PB players? We've got to remember as well, January is going to be straight after some of those Christmas breaks, some of those winter breaks. Mm. You know, German players won't have played for four weeks. People might have been accumulating them over those periods. Yeah. There's so much to consider, so many variables mm-hmm. to consider. And then you've got the prospect of, the Euros in the summer. You've got yeah. prospects of a, a dividend review.
1: Well, I think it's going to be a, a quiet window. I'm not sure many players will want to move, especially if they are going to be hoping to get into the Euros squad. That's true as well. Um, I think we, we usually find that, that when there's a tournament on, it's a little bit quieter. You said something interesting recently, though, about the, the way you treat transfer window is that you, rather than identify players, you identify where there's a lack of uh, particular talent, like in a it's been defenders recently. Mm. I tried to do something similar when uh, Tarkovsky was, was talked about a lot, just just using him as an example, that he would have been the next one down, he'd been the next on the list when Maguire's not available. If he turned out it wasn't available, what what do you think or where do you see it this transfer window?
0: Um, I think that. I think United will probably need a couple of things. <laughs> yeah. I think the likes of Arsenal are probably going to be doing a managerial change sooner than rather than later, rather than adding players, so to speak. Hmm. Um, I think City might look at a centre-back, considering they've been playing like Rodrigo and Fernandinho yeah. there quite often. Yeah, well,
1: I think you're, you're getting a call-up soon, actually. <laughs>
0: yeah maybe i mean uh i'm trying to think liverpool probably won't buy anyone chelsea remember they have the ban in the summer they can now buy in january right yeah that's
1: starting to warm up actually there's, there's, i've seen quite a few players linked, linked, linked to everyone, already right? sancho yeah.
0: like everyone mm. <laughs> every english player that's out there yeah. pretty much
1: on the man united talk what did you make of the comments from mike regarding the changes to the, the all, all potential changes. And I think I heard it right. I didn't go back and listen twice. Um, I was talking to uh, Ross about it on Twitter, saying he definitely said they're looking at removing certain words like United.
0: Yeah, I think maybe it was kind of like a, a leading question from me, maybe mm-hmm. something for me, for me to take from an interview standpoint and make myself better at that. Yeah. <laughs> but I basically kind of said something like, some people might want the the platform to be more intuitive because you know currently it, it seems quite arbitrary and it's based on quite like a primitive sentiment scoring matrix that has nothing to do with football really you know yeah. for example i'm not sure if hat trick is actually given any points i'm not sure if like champions league is given more points uh champions is but mm. champions league i think there's just something where fi can make it one more robust to make it so that it includes more legitimate outlets.
1: Yeah, I mean, you didn't put words in his mouth. He was <laughs> he was able to speak um, quite eloquently this time. And um, but the United thing has to go away, right? Yes, it does. If 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 people are going to take it more seriously, but that's massive because that's all. That's for, as far as I mean, I'd
0: love to know if someone had an abundance of time on their hands and i'm not sure that they could apart from maybe if FI, figure out how much worse united players would be because i i seem to think that they're still the most talked about team
1: in the country yeah oh yeah they i think they are um despite not being particularly good but <laughs> so yeah I, I don't know if we i'm the only person i can think of that is really good at putting things together like this that seems to About 100 hours in his day would be Buzzing Paul. He's fantastic at putting (laughs) things together and and doing the research. Maybe he could speak to Guardian of the Media Buzz Word Matrix, SG. (laughs) I I don't know how he knows it. (laughs) I've searched. It's good if you guys listen to that
0: MB special. It's pretty good. Yeah. I was going to ask you though, do you think they'll maybe increase the media dividends when they change the matrix
1: (laughs) i don't think they will uh, because just because i think they were trying to move away from it slightly it it, i think it's fairly well weighted at the moment as a payout um it's a nice bonus it keeps it ticking over i had the discussion with a few guys in a group saying i wouldn't mind if it went away completely but of course (laughs) The response to that is, well, this is what makes it an all-year-round platform. It's interesting even when there's no games on and, and they're completely right. But I just don't think it should. I think the balance at the moment between media and performance payouts, I think, is just about right.
0: Yeah, I know you might dislike it, but I do think it has potential to be good if some of those things that we discussed are actually you know, implemented and improved and adjusted.
1: Yeah, uh, but again, just like the, the performance matrix, I think it's going to take subtle changes over a few years, um, just to try and get it right. This is what they do. And for all their faults, they are getting better. I think Football Index as a company and everything. We've talked last year, the big issue was comms. And personally, I think it's improved a lot. I don't know how you feel about their their comms.
0: Yeah, I think it's certainly improved, hasn't it? I think um, it had to improve. The, 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 it's true. I mean, the thing that they did recently when they struggled to close the market, which was ridiculous in itself, but mm. they they kind of swiftly came out and said, Look, we know we messed up. This was the kind of situation.
1: Mm. That was a good example of something that weren't particularly wrong, but they did come out swiftly. Mm.
0: I do want to ask you one question, a um, final question, and where you kind of see this platform in the future because I think we discussed earlier that I thought was quite interesting that we haven't really discussed on the show too often that kind of unknowing in what direction FI was going to go to you know with the PB then I'm in play dividends now they kind of seem settled on this more long term approach where do you see this platform
1: in say like a couple of years in a couple of years well I'd like to think there's a period of stability we've we've seen quite large changes every six months and even though there does seem to be long periods of time where people are saying, oh, we need this, we need this change, this needs to happen, when you look back, there are actually fairly frequent changes. So (laughs) it would be nice if now they've made this quite generous increase to dividends, it would just be left alone as it is now. I think we talked about some subtle changes being made, but maybe just a year where there's nothing major done.
0: So you think it'll be more than a year until order books come in, for example?
1: Yeah, I don't like order books. I think (laughs) (laughs) I'm fighting a losing battle, but yeah, I I don't think we're ready for order books. Um, I think we can afford to wait a little bit longer, but the problem is that the cat's out of the bag. They've talked about (laughs) it. And because it's something new and exciting, uh, people are, I think that's what <laughs> might be really wrong here. but I think that's why a lot of people are, are talking about it so much. That what's next? Could could this add ten percent to my portfolio? Yeah, all of Yeah, that sounds new. Let's let's do that. Um, but I'm I'm really not sure. Something which is a, which is a big change should be bought in so soon. You, you're a fan, aren't you? I think I remember you saying you think they should come in.
0: I think they kind of have to from a kind of business perspective for fi mm. the further they can remove themselves from the market the more sustainable this model is mm-hmm. there are a few things that I don't, I don't really understand how they'll work with um with order books but i'm kind of okay in in kind of waiting for fi in terms of like how they're going to proceed with that how they're going to implement them you know the nasdaq thing really fills me with confidence there yes and i think to give them credit fi every big decision that's been made hmm. has turned out to be a good one it has
1: if it hasn't then time's a healer and profit certainly is as well yeah. <laughs> they, they can certainly get away with a lot whilst we're all making money um i, I think that's that's yeah. definitely true very true very Ooh. true
0: well paul it's been a pleasure to have you on mate is there anything that you wanted to talk about that you didn't get a chance to
1: or you've got it all off your chest so far um no i, th- I think that's it i, I I'm very excited to make my debut on an award-winning podcast. Uh, (laughs) I, I would like to congratulate you on winning the World Cup. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You've done well not to mention that. I'd have mentioned that yeah. straight away. I'd have, <laughs> I'd have led with that, I think.
0: I don't remember, was it? I think I lost to PB man in the group stages, but then beat him in the final, which is, uh, I don't know if that's ever happened in a tournament before. Well, how, well
1: I, I think we see that quite often, don't we? Teams that are slow to start. Look at Spurs, Liverpool in the Champions League. They were slow to start last season. I swear long, they, yeah. they weren't even when they go through.
0: Yeah, I mean they lost to the Napoli this season as well. So, yeah, uh, glad I motored on. Had a I thought I was going to lose to EJ though. Not going to lie, he's uh, there's a few after the blog. It was like I was up against PB Man and uh, EJ, one who'd just been on the podcast that everyone loved, and one who'd yeah. just been on the blog that got like a gajillion views. So I was basically mm. their PR people, and I was competing with them.
1: <laughs> but ultimately, um, you did what any good Twitter poll did. And you want it because you've got more followers. So <laughs> exactly. you, did an, exactly. you did an arsenal. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I
0: think that's hopefully what they'll base the kind of Unora uh, Emery decision on, how we feel on Twitter. Yeah. But uh, anyway, mate, um, uh, where can people find out more about you on Twitter and stuff?
1: Uh, yeah, on, on Twitter, that's, that's basically it. I, I don't really use much else. I've, I've looked in Facebook a bit and on Slack, but mainly Twitter. And it's at PaulFI9.
0: Nice, nice. And, uh, you can obviously find me at FI Guide. If you guys are commuting right now, have a great commute. I think I was chatting to some people for the, about the last podcast about, uh, them having that 30 minute commute there and back. Beautiful, beautiful. Sometimes I'm tempted to take another couple stops when I'm, uh, listening to my best or favorite podcasts. And I hope this kind of show makes you want to do the same. If you guys aren't commuting, doing whatever you're doing, working, uh, on a farm, cleaning out a toilet whatever it is uh, have fun doing it sorry if we didn't get to answer all your questions there was quite a few twitter uh, on the forum on slack etc and just a a final reminder football index is a gambling platform everyone Uh, only bet what you can afford to lose and obviously stop when the fun stops thank you guys very much for listening and have a great day